Blue Beetle has a lukewarm opening at the box office this weekend. Park Chan-wook's Old Boy gets a re-release in theaters, and Bradley Cooper's new film Maestro gets its first trailer, but it's also filled with controversy now. Let's break down this week's movie news. Hello, movie friends. Welcome back to Raiders of the Lost Podcast, the ultimate film and TV podcast. We got a boatload of movie news, the episode where we go through all of the industry news so you don't have to. We got some new trailer releases, a bunch of new films at the box office, including two old re-releases of classic films. Well, are they even classics if they're from the 2000s? Sure, man. Okay. It's 2023, right. man. Right. We're old. We're getting old. I mean, Fight Club's a classic. Yeah, that's true. Fight Club is a classic. So these two films will be classics for sure. But... Let's get into the box office. Which was lukewarm for new films because Barbie and Oppenheimer are still chewing up that box office. But first place, Barbie has been dethroned finally four weeks later. The queen is down. The queen is down. DC's new film, Blue Beetle, opened to a lukewarm box office projected to get about $25 million this opening weekend, which is projected to be lower than Shazam 2, Fury of the Gods. So a bit of a disappointment for DC and the DCU going forward. We saw Blue Beetle, had a pretty solid time. Shola Maradueña is terrific. It's pretty He's terrific as Jaime yeah. Reyes, but I think the overall it's great visual effects. It's solid. It's funny. It's, you know, a superhero movie. They're all kind of blending into each other these days, but great elements of Latino culture, Hispanic culture, and family. It's, it's kind of like the Fast and Furious, like family. Family's very important. Less tongue in cheek, though. Yes. Yeah. And, but I think the script held Jaime back a little bit. He seems like a backseat character for a lot of the film for me personally. I was a little disappointed. It was pretty good. It was, um, it was better than I was expecting. However, it was still so very formulaic. It was like the same kind of conflict we've seen a hundred times in these movies of, you know, villains trying to start an army with this new tech. It's like, how many armies with new tech are we going to see in movies? Yeah. Like, is there a different conflict you, you can come of, up with? As you're watching it, you know what the next scene's going to be, basically. Exactly. And it w there was not enough Blue Beetle in Heroes in terms of what I was mm -hmm. expecting. And like you said, they, it was great that they focused on the family a lot, but I think they did a little... They leaned into it too much where it was like, is this a Blue Beetle movie or is this just like a movie about the family? Yeah, I was, I was disappointed because he's a great character and I think the powers and the suit are really cool and there are some... There's, a, there's one specific fight scene that blew my hair back. It was awesome. And while, while it was happening, I'm like, where has this been the whole movie? <laughs> I'm waiting for it. And this. it's short-lived when it does yeah, happen. Yeah, it is, but yeah. it's pretty badass and Cypress Hill in the background. But overall, it's solid. It's the first official DCU movie. Oh, is it? Technically uh -huh. for the new DCU. Mm -hmm. So it's basically, even though, you know, this had three regime changes while it was in production. Mm -hmm. So I'm sure that factored into, you know, maybe some different opinions of how they wanted the movie to end up being. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But this is officially the first DCU film. Yeah. It's a pretty solid start. I mean, I think that they'll improve on it for the second film if they make a second film. I agree. But Jaime Reyes will be in the future of the DCU. All right. Moving on to second place. Barbie still got it. I went to the theater yesterday, and there's a whole group of girls dressed up in pink, and I was like, it's still going strong. Did you bring your hammer for old boy? 
No, I did not. I was a, <laughs> that was your terrible idea of bringing a, death, a lethal weapon to a movie theater. No, it's just not a death weapon. How is it be. not a lethal weapon? I mean, it's just a hammer. It's just a hammer in a movie theater <laughs> from some white guy by himself. <laughs> sounds like a recipe for... 34-year-old white male. Sounds like a recipe for disaster to me. Big glasses and a hammer. <laughs> Quietly sitting on his own in the front of a theater. In the dark, looking over his shoulder. Clenching the hammer. Picking a target. <laughs> Barbie made 20 million dollars still still holding on strong this is its fifth weekend then oppenheimer in third place also well, barbie is up to 1.2 billion dollars fyi closing in on our bets hey i don't think <laughs> you said 1.5 baby we're closing in it was it was 1 billion last week being 300 200 000 in a week being motherfucker 300 million away is not closing in hold on how much was it last week it was, billion. One point, it was one billion. It was a billion. Now yeah. it's one point two billion. And we're entering the fifth and sixth week, and it's still going. It's slowing down. You're just getting scared. I'm not scared you're at all. Scared. You want to double down? No, I'm not doubling down. Obviously you're scared. I'm not scared. I'm the one who made the bet. Let's double down. No. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm saying. If anyone doesn't know, we made a bet. If it hits one point five billion, Barbie, I pay Anthony twenty dollars. And if it doesn't, oh, yeah. he pays me twenty dollars. Oh yeah. But he's afraid to double down on that. No, I mean, I'm just saying it's a, it's a comfortable bet. I'm comfortable with that. <laughs> you comfortable? You're just like, it made 200000 in a week. That's not a lot of money. <laughs> Shut up. Globally? 200000 In a week? No, I mean $200 million. <laughs> I made $200 million in a week this last week. That's crazy numbers, man. It's crushing. <laughs> I'm going to be eating ramen paid for by James Devity very soon. <laughs> like I said, it's going to be. Weeks. It's going to be. A, it's, a not like it, it's not like tomorrow they're going to take it out of theaters. It's going to be a small ramen because it's LA, Anthony. <laughs> nope, it's going to be a big one. <laughs> All right, go back to Oppenheimer now. Oppenheimer, third place with 12 million, still holding strong. It also was revealed that Oppenheimer made $17 million just from the 30 IMAX 70mm screens that it was released on. The 70mm ones? Oh so there's only 30 70mm IMAX screens, and it made $17 million from those screens so far in its run. Now, this proves that like whenever movies don't do well, it's like, oh, they didn't really release it to that many theaters. No, just that people weren't seeing it. This is proof that like if people want to see the movie, they will go to it, even if it's a minimum number of theaters. So 30 screens, $17 million. That shows that, like, if people want to see a movie, they'll see it no matter how few screens it's in. I would love to see, once the box office run is over for Oppenheimer, what IMAX theaters in general, plus, so not just I can the tell 30. You. Oh, they've, they've... 20% of its box office is from IMAX. Oh, my God. I so, want to know what... And then they make probably maybe a good cut of that ticket price. That's yeah, probably about the same as theater, yeah. uh, regular theater owners, but well, then, IMAX but, says... I mean, the IMAX inside of an AMC is different than, like, an IMAX True, theater. true, true, yeah. But IMAX has attributed to 20% of all ticket sales for Oppenheimer. Chris Nolan's been good to IMAX. Yeah. IMAX has been good to Chris Nolan. And if you missed it, we had an interview with the former vice president of, of IMAX last week, David Keeley. We talked about Oppenheimer, and he's the chief quality guru and manager, basically, of post-production and production for IMAX movies and film and production. So that it's was a great, a great chats. Yeah. We talked about Oppenheimer as well as another fun fact about Oppenheimer since we're on its box office. It's about to become the highest-grossing movie of all time that has never been number one at the box office for a single weekend. That's crazy. That's ins that's a weird stat that I'm sure Universal doesn't care about. What's the, what's the movie that's number one? Barbie. No, no. Oh, oh. I'm sorry. I'm on that list. I have no idea. <laughs> I wonder. Maybe whatever was going against Avengers Endgame. <laughs> <laughs> or like the Dark Knight or something. No, nothing nothing made that much. It's interesting. I'll have to look that up. I bet it's, it's probably a superhero movie. I wish you would have looked that up. 
<laughs> I'm sorry. That is, that's a tough thing to Google, man. I just found this cool fact. <laughs> well, let me Google it. Google it, bro. <laughs> Go for it. <laughs> finish out the uh, the box office. We'll finish this up. Now, Strays also was premiering this weekend in addition to Blue Beetle. Strays had a disappointing box office. They were projecting and hoping around 15 to $20 million. They opened to about $9 million this opening weekend. This is the rated R raunchy dog movie with the voices of Will Ferrell and Jamie Foxx. I others. got it. I got it. Sing, the animated film. Gotcha. It opened. It opened uh, opposite Rogue One, and then ah, it, it made right. um, like seven hundred million globally. Never was number one. Thanks for looking that up, Anthony. No problem. So Strays, it looks hysterical. I want to see this movie. It looks really funny. Were they expecting much from this movie? I guess not. I don't know, but I mean, it's just Barbie and Oppenheimer. They still taking over the world. I mean, them two combined beat Blue yeah. Beetle this week, and then Coraline made five million. Is this a re-release? Re-release. So they, Coraline they did, re-release. Yeah. I did not know about that. So they did two days of a re-release last week, and it wasn't even on the weekend. It was just during the week, and it made five million dollars from Fathom Events. And then, since it did so well with five million dollars just from two days, they extended the re-release to be the twenty eighth and 29th as well of August. So you can, That's if cool. you missed it. You can see it again on the 28th and 29th. This is something that, like, I don't know why studios don't just do re-releases more often. That's a lot of money. You, that's a ton of sh- that's a For zero work. Keeping the lights just on make, for Just a make a weeks. poster. All you gotta do is make a poster, graphics couple, say, re-release. Your marketing intern, like, yeah. make some Instagram make, Yeah, that's it. It's pretty easy. Like, yeah. it markets itself because movie people love movies like this in classic films or old movies. Re-release all of these every month. Like, just do it more often. And do then, it, guys. Old do Boy, it. speaking of re-releases, got its 20th anniversary release. Park Chan-wook's classic pulled in a million dollars its opening weekend of its re-release. And Anthony saw it last night. I'm seeing it tonight. And then we're probably going to do an episode on it because it's one of our favorites. Oh, yeah. It was great. <laughs> James probably is going to bring a hammer with him. <laughs> so be careful. <laughs> I don't know what he's planning to do with that hammer. <laughs> if you're in the hallway, run. <laughs> I'm going to recreate the hallway scene. <laughs> just a bunch you're of just going to be people. standing there like a fucking psycho. <laughs> All right, let's move on. Next up, Maestro, the new trailer for the film Maestro, Bradley Cooper's film, was released and it looks really fantastic. This film, written, directed, and starring Bradley Cooper, co starring Carrie Mulligan as Leonard Bernstein and his wife, and their long standing relationship and ups and downs as a couple. This is produced by Martin Scorsese and Steven Spielberg, so pretty heavy names on this film. It looks fantastic. It really does. It looks beautiful. It looks like he's bouncing around between um, colors with black and white film and color film, and it's going to be an epic biopic about the famous composer's life. However, there is some controversy involved with anything with this trailer because people got to get riled up. So... He went through some pretty solid prosthetics on his face to look like Leonard Bernstein. He looks just like him. Yes. It looks really yeah. incredible. Like, great work. Especially and, the old one. And one of the pieces of prosthetics involve a prosthetic nose to look more like the character and the person, Leonard Bernstein, who is a real human being who lived in. <laughs> Apparently, a lot of people are upset about this. I don't know about a lot of people. I think some people. A couple people on Twitter. Vocalized on online. X, I mean. yeah. yeah, yeah. And so controversy is now surrounding this trailer and Bradley Cooper's decision as the director to do prosthetic work to look more like Leonard Bernstein. However, Leonard Bernstein's children, his family, have all come out defending Bradley Cooper for the prosthetic nose, for the prosthetic makeup to look more like Leonard Bernstein. I mean, 
People just need to find better things to do with their time than get upset over a fucking movie trailer. It's it, People have worn prosthetic noses to play other characters all the time. I mean, the most famous example I can think of is Nicole Kimmon played uh, Virginia Woolf in The Hours, and she wore a huge fake nose uh, to, pe- to better look like the character and transform into the role, and nobody complained about that. I mean, it's just silly, you know, in the, in the family having to come to his defense. I mean, Bradley Cooper has been a massive admirer of the composer since he was a kid. And this is a dream project for him. And th- from what the family statement said, he put so much care and love and respect into the portrayal and the writing and the directing of the film. Uh, and the family couldn't be happier with their collaboration with Bradley and with the eventual film. And I mean, if the family's saying that, then why is there a problem? He's making a movie about him. Yeah. Because he adores him so much and people are attacking him. Uh, for uh, it. Here's the my question. The greatest thing you could do to a human being is make a movie for them. Here's my question. Are the people who are upset online, do they even know who Leonard Bernstein was until no five minutes ago? No way. And then you'll see a lot of articles. I was running through some of them today, uh-huh. and a lot of them are picking photos of Leonard Bernstein from angles that look like his it's, nose it's is smaller less prominent. than it is. Yeah. And then you see other photos of Leonard Bernstein next to Bradley Cooper, and they, they, they look exactly alike. I know what you're talking nose. about. It's like this black and white photo of from Bernstein. Far Away at an and angle. It, it is, his nose doesn't look quite as large, whereas every other photo of him you can see is a very prominent nose. And then they put it next to Bradley with the prosthetic and nose. And they picked the angle of Bradley where it's angled in a way where it's the, it looks its, its largest. Yeah. It's, it's just, crazy. Yeah. It's just like – it's just such clickbait. It's such – Riling, riling everything up. Yeah, it's so negative. But then you look at real, like a good photo of them side by side with the prosthetic nose with Leonard Bernstein looks just like him. Yeah. it's incredible what they do with prosthetic work. And I mean, he's making a movie about him. What more respect can you show to somebody? It's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. I'm just tired of this stuff happening, man. I'm just so tired of it. What do they <laughs> fucking? What do they want to resurrect him from the dead to play? They're not himself? even going to see the fucking movie. They're not. They're they don't not even, even know who he is. They didn't know who he was five minutes ago. I had no idea who this man was. And now they're. Oh, how dare he wear a fake nose to play this person? What's his name? Leonard Bernstein. <laughs> how dare you? <laughs> who was Leonard Bernstein? <laughs> he was a brilliant man. What did he do? Uh, he was a composer of what <laughs> music? <laughs> Conductor? Wait, what does a conductor do? A train conductor? But no, this is a lifelong like a passion for Bradley because when he was a kid, we talked about this in our Stars Born episode that drops tomorrow. He got a baton for Christmas, which is what he wanted when he was a young kid, boy, because he was obsessed with conductors, like obsessed with Leonard Bernstein. He wanted to be a composer and conductor when he grew up, and so this is just like a huge passion for him. And the movie looks terrific. I mean, yeah. this guy, obviously, when we talk about our episode tomorrow. We loved our stars born. James is it's ready so- for this episode. <laughs> <laughs> James has tweeted about our stars born twice, fi- fifteen twice. times this week. Count them fifteen twice, th- not twice, twice, two times. Hold Count them two. It was not twice. Two. It was five times. But it's a really well directed <laughs> movie. But this movie, as soon as I saw the trailer, he's got it. He is a director, man. He's he's got the he's got the, it. The voice. Oh, he understands baby, the language of film. He's got it. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead, count him, Anthony. He's counting the tweets. You probably deleted some of them. I did not. I never delete tweets. You delete tweets all the time. Yeah, if they get no traction. <laughs> One, two, total. Hold on, hold on. I know. Keep talking. I don't want to. All right. There's well, a lot to scroll through. Next up on our news, as Anthony gets proven wrong on our Twitter feed, the boy in the heron, which is now the title that we have learned of Hayao Miyazaki's final film with Studio Ghibli. At first, no one knew what the title was going to be. 
and there's going to be apparently no press and no trailers, but we've gotten the title. We also got 14 images from the movie. It's unknown whether we'll get a trailer or not. 16 tweets. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> Who's three? Who's three in a week? Three in a week. Three in a week. That's a lot. I'm prepping for, for the I know, movie. I know. For the episode. I always do this. I tweet about <laughs> movies that we're about to make an episode about. I know, but it's I called know. marketing, Anthony. <laughs> See, you should try it sometime. Instead of just posting photos of movies from 1918 that no one wants to see or knows about. I'm just trying to teach people about... <laughs> Nobody gives a shit, I'm man. I'm trying to market the show. Nobody cares about Stop tweeting about film. the red shoes. No one's going to watch I tweet, it. I tweet... I, <laughs> I made a TikTok about the red shoes. Got 600 views. <laughs> like, what do you think was gonna happen? I'm like, people don't give a shit. They don't. People act like they care, but they don't. See what? Then 600 views on TikTok. I That's know. It's like the worst I, ever. I saw that. I'm like, what do you think was gonna happen, Anthony? <laughs> Just trying, man. You gotta shoot shots, Just but trying. No one's on TikTok to see <laughs> posts about the red shoes. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Anyways, so we finally got some images from Hayo's final film with Ghibli, which. Looks pretty terrific. Yeah, looks the great. The Boy and the Heron. Their um, Fathom Events is also doing uh, Ghibli Week. In oh, cool! Three weeks, in uh, the beginning of September. Right. I can't remember the exact dates, but I saw a poster for it at AMC. Next up, some Netflix news. So Netflix is finally canceling its DVD by mail by mail. <laughs> hammers and nails got <laughs> DVD by mail service. It's still happening. Apparently, people are still getting DVDs <laughs> yeah, in the <laughs> mail. <laughs> I guess so. They're finally closing down shop. And since they have so many fucking DVDs, <laughs> what they're doing is they're shipping out 10 DVDs to every subscriber. Random DVDs. You know, it's not like you can pick them. They're just going to be like, okay, here's 10 DVDs. Whatever, whatever you <laughs> Great, get. Great, I got Cat in the Hat. <laughs> Thanks, Netflix. I'm going to throw this hey, off. Some of our face. listeners love Cat in the Hat, so don't talk smack about it. They're gonna be, Donnie's going to be pissed, man. <laughs> don't let Donnie hear that. So if you want some free DVDs, a mystery box of DVDs, you can still sign up for the buy mail service if you want to get them to send you 10 DVDs. That's free. Should uh, we do that and see what we get? I mean, if you want, I don't care. I'm not gonna use them. <laughs> the DVDs. <laughs> was the last time you watched like a DVD? Failure to launch. <laughs> <laughs> I'd watch that. Uh, Zootopia. <laughs> I probably will. I haven't seen that, so I'd watch it. <laughs> but we have a case of DVDs that have, haven't been watched in three years. It's been a while. It's just so low resolution. I can't do it. Even can't. even the upscale on the TV. Can't do it. It's not great. I can't I can't do DVDs. If it's Blu-rays, yeah, but these are DVDs. Because upscale is not the same. Still not. It's not the same. It's not the same. It's well, got less information to work with. Well, let's stay on Netflix because yeah, let's, let's stay there. Their new film. It's, it's nice there. Their new film, Heart of Stone, starring Gal Gadot. The new James Bond movie. Apparently, <laughs> hit their top ten charts. Congrats, Netflix. And it topped the charts of film. Top the charts of film. Yeah. It debuted with over thirty million views over the past few days, and I don't know what that means. They say a few this days. The it's with been the out streamer. for like a week. This is the thing with the streamers. What does views even mean? I think there's someone clicking it. Not Someone's even clicking it. That that also counts autoplay. If you leave it on a movie and a movie ends and you like maybe you go take a piss or make some toast and it starts playing Heart of Stone, that counts as a view. That's exactly yeah. <laughs> that's that happened to me. I, I took a piss, made some toast, and I was like, "Why is Heart of Stone playing?" <laughs> is that what happened? <laughs> <laughs> this uh, sounds like a fictional story. It's odd. I mean, this is what we always have been talking about with the strikes and everything. Where in order to pay residuals, you have to know how many views or how many people are watching your movies and TV. 
And I think a lot of streamers don't want to reveal that. And then and a view, a, a view is so not a watch. It's so obscure and ambiguous. What is a view? What is a view? 30 million views. Also, and I mean... Is it worth a $300 million movie just to get 30 million clicks, I guess? Not at all. The thing there is... There are prank videos on YouTube that get more than that every day. In a day, yeah. <laughs> the thing is, with uh, big stars like Adele, they sign like four or five picture deals. So Netflix has to make the movies. Even though Red Notice <laughs> bombed... And they spent a ton no, of money man, on that. Anthony, they got 30 million views on, <laughs> on Red Notice, okay? That's Everybody's still talking about Red Notice. That's why they're making the sequel. Everybody's talking about it. <laughs> Red Notice is in the zeitgeist. Um, and so they're stuck with the making these movies that, because they signed big picture deals with the movie stars. So that's why Horror Stone was made. That's why they're probably going to make another Gal Gadot movie. Um, a few Reynolds movies have been made so far. They're going to do a couple more Dwayne Johnson movies because they signed you know, multi-picture deals with them. They're getting paid. Yeah. So they're kind of like handcuffed to that now. Spending a lot of money. Spending a lot of money. I don't I don't see anyone talking about it online, though. How many, uh, I want to see how many rings it has on IMDb to see how many. That's a good good gauge to see. It's a good many, metric to see how popular a movie really watching, is. Maybe one out of 100 people will leave Heart a review. Heart of Stone. Heart of Stone on IMDb, 25,000 ratings. So definitely not 30 million. Doesn't sound like 30 million people watch that movie. Because <laughs> be 30 million paid for movie ticket, 30 million people paid for a movie ticket. You're talking looking at a box office of 350 million. I mean, obviously not everyone reviews movies or leaves IMDb ratings, but like, you know, a good amount. I oh mean, yeah. Let's see. Like Barbie has. Let's see how many IMDb ratings Barbie has. It has 240,000. Yeah, but it's been out for a month. So that's ten times as many. Ten times. Ten. Ten times as many. Ten times. Spin Anyways, out for, spin out for a month. Let's though. move on to a league of their own got canceled at Amazon. It was gonna go into a second season. That was only gonna be four episodes. So I guess that's a season of TV. <laughs> Amazon was like, <laughs> um, here, do you want to make it a little smaller? <laughs> so they've actually just cut. They actually it. also asked if they could play wiffle ball instead of baseball <laughs> to keep the budget low. To keep the budget low. <laughs> so yeah, they scrapped the second season of a league of their own on Amazon. It's just Gonzo. It's gone. Going, going, gone. Did Basically. you watch it? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I totally did, Anthony. <laughs> totally did. There's a new docuseries from the Safdie brothers called Telemarketers. The trailer looks really interesting. It's about the corrupt and crazy world of telemarketing companies. These, It's kind of like the Wolf of Wall Street, This these workplaces. It's insane. And it looks really funny and interesting and wild at the same time. So I recommend checking it out. I kind of want, want to watch it. Do you know about Safdie's new movie with – um, what's his name? The comedian with the uh, the HBO show where he sets up fake situations. Who, Nathan? Nathan Fielder. Benny and, Benny and Nathan Fielder? Benny Fielder and Emma Stone. In a show? Or They're a doing movie? a mockumentary. They're like – it's crazy. I, I, it's hard to explain, but they're playing fictional versions of characters and putting them in real situations with real people. So Emma Stone, Nathan Fielder, and Safdie. Hold on, let me look this up real quick. That sounds amazing. They released the uh, first photo last week. I can't remember what the it was The Curse. Called. The Curse, yes. Upcoming American comedy television series created by... Yeah, yeah, blah, 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 blah. Oh my God, this looks awesome. Yeah. Let's do it. It's gonna, they haven't revealed much about it, but Safdie was in um, a magazine interview talking about Oppenheimer, and he was giving some details about this. And he said he and Fielder just 
met one day at, like at a, a party or event or something and they hit it off and then they started hanging out and then they started being like what if we did like this show that was like crazy we did this crazy stuff and then they were like let's just let's just do it i got a premise you ready right, yeah the series will explore how an alleged curse disturbs the relationship of a newly married couple as they try to conceive a child while co-starring on their problematic new hgtv show Flipanthropy. <laughs> <laughs> so Nathan will play Astra Siegel, the husband of Stone's character and co-star of the HD, HGTV show. Emma Stone plays Whitney Siegel, the wife of Fielders and the co-star of the show. And then Benny Safdie is a producer of the show. Can't wait, man. <laughs> that sounds it's amazing. Cannot Safdie's got like super long hair and he looks great. Like t- totally different person. Oh my God. Sign me up. Nathan Fielders, my guy. Moving on to what else we got? Snow White controversy. Uh, Rachel Zieg- Ziegler, the star of the upcoming Ziegler, Ziegler the upcoming canceled <laughs> the upcoming Snow White film. A lot of videos from last year when they, I think it was D twenty three promotions and stuff, came out where she was basically bashing the old film, and she's taking a lot of heat online. So here's the thing: I understand where she's coming from, but. And I understand that, like, you know, this is a new interpretation of the story. It's a contemporary version, updating it for the times and how culture has changed. I understand all that. I think that the way she spoke about it was misguided. And I think she was just maybe not thinking completely about the context of what she was saying. Because the problem is um, she had nothing good to say about the old film. And nothing but negative things to say about the original Snow White film. Which I find disheartening because Snow White was the first animated feature film. It built Disney, and it was a sensation, and it's a cultural icon. I think it's still one of their most successful movies of all time. Yeah, it is one of the most successful movies ever made. And yes, it hasn't aged perfectly, and obviously there are some outdated ideas, but I think that to go into it by only saying negative things about it is a mistake. I mean, I just think it's weird so far in the press for the film, nobody has said anything positive about the original movie. And it's, I just find that so odd, and I don't understand. Like, you can say, why can't you just say, we're doing a – Snow White is an iconic film. We're doing a new interpretation of it. It That should be the marketing instead of, the old movie sucks. It's horrible. Look how horrible it was back then. It's so outdated. You know, it, there's one way to do it, and I think that they're going about it the wrong way. True. Maybe but I understand where she's coming from. I just think she's been wording it improperly. Yeah, maybe we haven't seen everything that's been said. Maybe it's just specific sound bites that are getting all the attention as well. But also, I mean, I agree. You can pay homage to the classic at the same time yeah. as saying, like, we're updating it. You yeah. know, it doesn't, it doesn't it have, have to. It's a lot of the live action remakes are going through that where they're just trashing on the old one. Yeah. But in, I, I think when you when people just say that one thing about it, like, oh, it's about a guy saving a girl, it's, it, there's so much more to there, Snow White it, than being saved by a prince and yeah. saved by the guy. There's a lot more to that movie. Mm-hmm. That's really just the end of the movie, yeah. basically. But there's so much more to Snow White the characters than just are, being yeah. saved by a man. The character's great, and she changes the, the seven dwarves and, makes, and teaches them all sorts of new incredible qualities for e- each one of them and how to become fully-fledged like human beings with you know heart with getting in touch with nature and and human connection it's just odd when you have the live action remakes and you you think the studio will want to market as best as possible yeah versus turning people away from wanting to see it Mm -hmm. i feel like the best way to market your movie if you're doing a live action remake is talk glowingly about the old one as well as what you're going to do that's different and positive about the new one rather than 
the old, the old one's so outdated. Like, sure, it's outdated, but it's a classic. Yeah, everyone's seen it. it it's it built Disney. It, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it did. It did build Disney. So I, I feel like a lot of the marketing these days are leading to people being disinterested being put off. in yeah. these live action remakes. And also, I mean, the Snow White and the Huntsman. She's a powerful leader, and she becomes a warrior at the end of that film. Yeah, she got a fucking huge sword. Yeah, the Kristen Stewart one. It's like that was already done. So and they weren't bashing the old film. They they were marketing it. I remember as like you know we're just doing something different with it as opposed to destroying the old film, which I find I think it's just very disrespectful to destroy. And also, I mean calling it a cartoon. It's an, it's an animated film. It's not. I mean it's not cart not just a cartoon. You know it's not like a Saturday morning cartoon, fifteen second short. You know what I mean? What are you gonna do? I just find it odd the approach to it. So I think I think after all this online controversy it's gonna they're gonna change the direction of how they speak about we'll the film. see. I think people are very disinterested in the live action remake. I don't know. I think I agree, man. I mean the Little Mermaid barely it just about broke yeah, even. Yeah, barely just broke about, even, yeah. It had to make it made it made just about enough to break even, but you're not making a three hundred million dollar movie to break even. Did it? Oh let me double check the box. I know ups. it I don't know if it hit six hundred mil. It probably it needed to hit about six seven hundred million dollars to become break even and become profitable because the budget on that five seven five sixty seven. So it might have broken even, might have. No, so barely. It it almost got it there. It probably will with VOD sales and rentals. Yeah, it cost two fifty, um, pre marketing. So it probably had a three hundred fifty million dollar total budget because it was a big marketing storm. I mean, they had Super Bowl trailers, mm-hmm. you know. So the film needed to make probably closer to seven hundred million. It's not like a super. I mean, six hundred, five hundred sixty million dollars. That's pretty big money. That's like regardless. Fast X barely became profitable. They made like fifty million dollars off. No, that they movie. made ninety. Okay, they, they, they made, made ninety. 90. Yeah, it became, okay. They made so, dude. Fast X made seven hundred million dollars on the international market. But that's crazy. That's how much money it has to make to, be, to become profitable. Yeah, yeah. That movie cost three hundred million. So that kind of justifies. Making a three hundred fifty million dollar movie to make ninety million dollars, yeah. That I mean, if you make it, they want to make more than ninety five million. Yeah, they they want to make five hundred million yeah. in profit, but still ninety million. But you had to invest a lot. It's a lot of risk. It's big risk. It's yeah. a lot of risk. Anyways, let's move on. So Paul Meskel and Saoirse Ronan are in a new film together called Foe, and it's science. It's a science. Would you like me to thrill- explain it? Clearly, so. you want to. Well, you can explain. No, 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 it. No, 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 Anthony, Anthony, no. explain it. No, we would like you to explain it, Anthony. Please. No, I want you to. I want you to. I, want you to I, I know it's your girl. I know it's Sersha. No, I mean, do you know the story? Line? I know. I I wrote it. <laughs> <laughs> I know everything about it. Clearly, so foe is about uh, near a uh, not too distant dystopian future where Earth is becoming uninhabitable <clears throat> for people, and so this couple gets asked by uh, a stranger to join a new colony in space, and it causes conflict. They, that's all we know so far, so we don't really know the rest of the story, but it's about this couple being approached to join a, a space colony to escape the dystopian Earth. Would you escape? Depends on how bad the Earth is, man. I mean, I'd probably do it, yeah. Yeah, probably. Yeah, probably. 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 It's like a Elysium kind of, sort of. All right, final bit of news. We got a new look at Michael Fassbender in David Fincher's The Killer. And we cannot wait for this movie. It comes out this fall. However, I think we were researching it this morning, and it seems like it's going to be only on Netflix. Unfortunately. Um, so this comes out on September 3rd or 10th, one of those. And I was like, oh, I, I, ho- I can't wait to see this in theaters. But then I was, I looked into every bit of information I could find online, and it, it just keeps saying that it's going to be released on Netflix 
So unfortunately, I'm not sure we're going to be able to see this inside of a theater, which I find to be just like at least do a, a limited release maybe, but it doesn't look like Netflix is interested in that. So it's going to be at the Venice Film Festival in September. Okay. It comes out November 10th. November 10th. Yes. And unfortunately, it's only going to be a Netflix movie, just like the last couple of Netflix movies. Like It's like the Hemsworth Extraction only on Netflix. Oh, man. I hope that since we live in L.A. and we're very fortunate might where we do get one. like limited releases, I really hope we get a limited release because— Usually it says it in the marketing, though. Because, yeah, we, Mank, you saw online because that was that was 2020, right? And that was yes. lockdown and everything, basically. So that one, you understand, Mank only being released on Netflix. But, I mean, to see a Fincher movie not in theaters when it could be in theaters, that would be really disappointing. Yeah, and, I mean, usually when they say— Limited when usually when Netflix has a limited release, it says in select theaters like a date, and then on online on Netflix like the next date. You know what I mean? And it doesn't say that anywhere. For it just keeps saying globally released on Netflix. Yeah, unfortunately. Which I mean, uh, I want to see it in a theater. I wasn't. I was expecting it to have a theatrical release too. I don't. The thing is, I don't think it's that important to Fincher as it is to other filmmakers. That's just the way his he he views it. He doesn't see it as as big a deal as someone like Christopher Nolan does. Like, they're complete opposites about it. I guess because of the complete creative freedom he has probably with Netflix. Yeah, and I just think that in the budget for him, I think for him, I don't think the theatrical experience is as important to him as a filmmaker as it is to someone like Tarantino or Nolan. Yeah, he's just a different kind of filmmaker, like how quickly he adopted digital, digital, digital photography yeah. and yeah. filmmaking. It's too bad. I mean, I hope we get something. I would love to see it in theaters. I really yeah. would. Yeah, me too. But, I mean, when you think about it, I've seen most of Fincher's movies from home anyways. That's true. But, I mean, how awesome was Gone Girl? Gone how awesome Girl, was Social, Social Network. Network. Yeah. Those were great experiences. But, I mean, yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, when you watch older movies, you're not watching them in theaters. Hey, he's absolutely right. I mean, the first time I saw Fight Club was on fucking D- DVD. DVD. <laughs> probably, yeah. <laughs> probably. <laughs> blockbuster rental. I was talking to mom about it. Um, blockbuster, about, yeah, blockbuster. But about how sh- the boys, our older brothers, would be like, have us down in the basement to watch in the living room down there to watch movies, and it'd be like late at night, and we're like, yeah, we're gonna watch like Toy Story two, mom. Don't worry about it. She's like, okay, okay. Would they say that? Yeah, they would say. She no said, way. She said they would lie about what we were. We watching. never watched Toy Story. And then we would watch something rated R every time. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah, we never. They we never watched kids movies. We'd, we'd with be them. like six years old. Like, yeah, yeah, we're gonna take the twins downstairs to watch They'd a put movie. Put on Pulp Fiction. Yeah. <laughs> and we were talking about how I think we love cinema so much, and we because we were exposed to such mature movies when we were. Yeah. Yeah. very young like a lot <laughs> they would put on like they would put on like leprechaun <laughs> well i mean yeah leprechaun but also just bangers no, yeah but yeah like horror movies war movies been, yeah. that we shouldn't have been watching yeah. oh I yeah mean. definitely <laughs> three rooms i remember watching three rooms as a kid three rooms it's the and the film the anthology film with tim roth as the bellhop oh you mean four rooms four rooms sorry four rooms I, you threw me off with the wrong number Anthony. sorry man yeah hey he's absolutely clearly, clearly when you're, you're right you're right i am right <laughs> i remember i remember watching four rooms i'm glad <laughs> <laughs> so do i <laughs> what year did that come out i don't know you remember so well <laughs> <laughs> got him <laughs> 98 95 95 wow yeah <laughs> oh my god, that's an old movie. <laughs> Holy crap. Yeah, it's the first collaboration Tarantino and Rodriguez had together. That's very cool. The yeah. year after uh, Pulp Fiction. Who came else directed who else directed that? 
it was co-directed by Tarantino as well as Robert Rodriguez, Allison Anders, and Alexandre Rockwell. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know the other two. Yeah, but they each directed a different bit of it, a different like short, like different guests in the in the hotel that he dealt with. Bruce Willis is one of them. Remember? Yeah, he was like crazy and like waving a gun around and some shit. Tarantino's he did the one with the I don't want to spoil it, the the finger right? Yes. Yeah. yeah on the yeah yeah. It's a cool movie. It was fun. I like anthology. Ex- we got uh, you know that the party clip I posted the meme of um, Wahlberg when he shoots Matt Damon and I wrote uh, what I fa- when I. F- when I found the guy who was talking to the movie. Okay, yeah, so it's the video of when Sullivan walks into his apartment. He sees uh, Dig, uh, Sergeant Dignan. Dignan there. Yeah, he's like, all right. And, uh, all right. And I put that. It's a great meme. and It's, it's going viral on Instagram. But uh, some people were, like, mad that I spoiled it. And, Came I, out in and I was like, and I, uh, there was, like, some guy was like, I can't believe that you spoiled this movie for so many people on here. And it got like 500 likes, that comment. And I replied, when is it okay for us to talk about this movie? In 40 years? In 50 years? When would you like us to talk about The Departed? And I, then I wrote, if people were going to watch it, they would have watched it. They're not going to watch The Departed. Also, don't watch the fucking clip. It's a long-ass clip. It's a minute long. You don't have to watch it. Don't watch Don't continue watching There's it. There's no spoilers at all until the last two seconds of the clip. If I'm on social media and I see a clip from a movie I haven't seen and... I'm not going to finish watching it yeah, if but, I want to see that movie yeah, if I know it, what it is. But at the end of the day, the people who are complaining, they're not going to watch – they were never going to watch The Departed. It's been on streaming apps and online for 15 years. If you were going to watch it, 17. you were going to watch it. You were going to watch it. You're, you, you're just never – these people were never going to watch the movie. They're just looking for something to complain and bitch about. It's like, you are not going to watch The Departed. I did not spoil it for you. <laughs> you're going to watch some fucking thing that you've seen a thousand times. That's not even a that, – it's not like you spoiled the movie though. Exactly. It's just the the last shot. Yeah. It's not the it's not like a big twist, really. Exactly. It's not the big climax. It's not the climax of the movie. My God, man. It's just an, yeah. It's, it's not a, even the big event. It's a footnote it's to the, the film. It's the ending. Yeah. It's like, they weren't gonna watch it. You should have just if you posted the the video of the rat, you someone would be like, you spoiled it. The rat. No, you, people you, hate the rat <laughs> in the part. Like it's so obvious. It's so like in your face. Like great metaphor, Martin Scorsese. It's like when people try to they, <laughs> they act like they know what to do better than Martin Scorsese in a film. Exactly. I saw we we had a clip of the, so we you made a clip or I made a clip about the Prestige. How we talked about when we found out from our interview with David Keeley yes, that yeah. that was the first movie that Nolan experimented with shooting with IMAX filming cameras and so the shot of I don't want to spoil the, the movie for anyone who hasn't seen it but there's a scene where someone gets their hand a finger cut and Nolan shot that scene in that sequence with IMAX film and IMAX cameras as an experiment as a test can we use this as an actual film format when we're making a movie and I made a clip about it and someone wrote they probably should have been further away it looks like it's out of focus oh especially my. for 70 millimeter. I'm I was I was didn't know what to say. I didn't respond. That's not out of focus. I I watched the clip. It's, it's in focus. It's like I'm sorry. It's 480p on your phone. It's not out of focus. If you have you it's, seen the movie, it's actually sharper than the rest of the shots from that scene. Because when it's he pointed the best that looking. when he pointed that out to us, I was like, I always thought something about that scene. It always looks. It's not a the scene. Different. It's that shot. Yeah, a couple just the shots, shot. The couple shots. And. I was shocked that like this person thinks they know better than Christopher Nolan on how to and make Wally a movie Fister to shoot a film. <laughs> Oscar winning cinematographer. They probably should have backed the camera up a little bit and gotten more. Not in focus. what I would have done for a shot placement. <laughs> Are you fucking kidding me? 
<laughs> Oscar-winning cinematographer. Okay, guy. I love. When okay, let's tell, tell Wally Fister how to shoot a scene. It's insane. <laughs> <laughs> Not what I would have done. <laughs> the guy fucking shot Inception. You want to tell him how to shoot a scene? Okay, guy. And the all Dark right. Knight. Yeah. All right. Oh my god! <laughs> fucking idiot. Yeah, that's all right. Not what I would have done. <laughs> Anyways, let's let's wrap up movie news. Yeah, we're just destroying trolls online now. <laughs> this is how we, you know, the, the hate comments online they can be kind of tough to deal with. So now we we just is us venting. Instead of replying, we just bring it up on yeah. movie news. I mean, I got destroyed for saying Dunkirk's my favorite Nolan movie. Can my you imagine god. like liking that movie and being people getting upset about it. Unreal. You can like whatever movie you want, man. For real. I thought that was a great pick. When you Thanks, when, I, when you revealed that, I was shocked, uh, dude. The, did you see the comments on that clip on no, TikTok? No, I didn't watch it. They went. I had to delete. So some. you made a clip saying it was your favorite one. Yeah, I made a clip saying that shot's great. Yeah, and then that it's it's my favorite. It's the my favorite Nolan movie, and it was like, bro hasn't seen Oppenheimer. Bro doesn't know what he's talking <laughs> about. Clearly hasn't seen Oppenheimer. So much and he just very vulgar stuff too. And I had to delete some of the bad ones, but there were so many I just stopped looking at it. I mean, Oppenheimer I think is Nolan's best movie still, but it's not my favorite Nolan movie. Interstellar is still my favorite Nolan movie. Duh. Yeah, it's a good still pick. my favorite one. Good come pick. at come at me, bro. Come at me, bro. You clearly haven't seen Oppenheimer. Clearly haven't seen it three times in IMAX. <laughs> I definitely haven't. I have. All right, let's wrap movie news up. Again, tomorrow we're doing... Easy with the flag. No, we got some new microphone flags, which are those little boxes that you put on a mic that have, like, your logo and stuff. If you're watching on Spotify or YouTube, it looks terrific, I think. It really adds some production value to the set. I saw a clip of a podcast, and I'm like, we need those. I think it looks amazing. Thanks, bro. Honestly, great. I think it's a good idea. Business, James. Back at it. (laughs) Oh, I'm always thinking of ideas, man. Always got, always got the business brain going. So tomorrow we're doing a Stars Born, so don't miss that episode as well as James made 16 tweets for it. (laughs) I didn't realize you hated a Stars Born so much, Anthony. Wow, I love it. I gave it a 4.5 out of five. He hates it. And then on Thursday we're doing an episode on something. Food movies. Yeah, food. Okay, food. Great episode. We talked about the not just the best dishes and meals and movies, but the best movies about food, whether it be eating food or cooking food. So Chef is on there. The menu for some recent ones as Eat, well. Eat, Pray, Love is on there. Eat, Man, Woman. Eat, Drink, Man, Woman. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> James' Chocolo- is, favorite movie. Chocolats. Chocolats in it, yeah. <laughs> Lots of bangers. As well as some of our favorite, our meals from movies, our favorite meals that are eaten and prepared. Wait for the cream. <laughs> it's a lot of fun. Yeah. You don't want to miss it. It was very hysterical. It was a laugh riot. Africa, I got hungry after. I got hungry after. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much for tuning in to Movie News, and we'll see you this week. See you next time. See you this week. <laughs> Sorry, I kind of ruined <laughs> see you soon. I ruined Anthony's sign off. <laughs> Thanks, man. You can't. You just can't help it. That's the way the cookie crumbles. <laughs> <laughs> Stay classy. Everybody, listeners, Raiders fans. <laughs> Thank you for watching Raiders of the Lost podcast. Be sure to hit that subscribe button, hit the like button as well, notifications for sure. Listen to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, everywhere you can listen to podcasts. And be sure to check out this other content we have on our YouTube channel.